Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Chuck. And uh, I am excited to have a guest back this week. And uh, from the first couple of minutes we've spent before we started recording, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, Jason here's got uh, got some stories. Why don't you tell us who you brought to us today, Chuck? Yeah, so we have Jamie here. He's a firefighter of like Hermosa Beach or Manhattan Beach <laughs> or something like that. Um, he's got a good. Sense By the way, of, Chuck uh, did say he was going to mess with you like that. Sense yeah. of humor. Um, <laughs> he he likes to drag his hose around a lot on the ground. Um, he likes to sleep in recliners. He's a firefighter. And he's got a great personality. He's got some good stories. And uh, his kids have, have uh, followed in his footsteps and, and, you know, in the first responding service. So good, good on them. And he's an all-around good guy. Uh, I've chatted with him a bunch. We all have over Instagram and stuff. And uh, he's, he's a real good guest. And for those of you who uh, don't understand, if you're not watching this on YouTube, uh, <laughs> initially, uh, when when Jason's name came up, it came up with his wife's name, and so Chuck's like, "I'm gonna call him Jamie." That stuff is up. It's okay, I might cry a little bit. <laughs> All right, he Jason, loves it when you uh, mess up his. Uh, yeah. He loves it when you mess up his. Uh, where he was a firefighter at? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. no, no CFA. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with your background, Jason. Tell us about. Uh, um, how you got into uh, firefighting and 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 how long you served and can I start with offering Chuck my my attack line my attack hose and trade you for his, can. And, and trade for the bitch that's the twelve gauge right the, the twelve gauge shotgun he's making you an offer Chuck nobody what about took a twelve gauge shotgun you want to see it called the bitch give me the bitch <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Because <laughs> no, she doesn't like anybody and nobody likes her. It's one of my favorite guns, anyways. <laughs> oh, I love the 12 gauge. I, in uh-huh. fact, there um we had the 12 gauge and we had the AR, you know, in all of our cars. Yeah. And eventually they put the 12 gauge in the trunk and they replaced it with the 40 mic mic uh, uh launcher, less lethal. Yeah. And uh I'm telling you, I would I would go to the shotgun all the time for 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 clearing buildings and stuff. Everybody always wanted to go to the AR, but I'm telling you, a good 12-gauge shotgun is a great, great weapon system. For clearing for clearing buildings, absolutely. Especially for well, clearing buildings. So. And I I've, never done it, but I've never done it, but hunting two-legged and four-legged. You yeah. can hunt hogs with it. It's, you can hunt. Yeah, put a just, slug in. Oh, yeah. Put a slug in. You, you give me, you give me uh, uh, rifle sights and a deer slug or rifled slug, and that shotgun's a sniper rifle out to 50 <laughs> yes. yards at least. Yes. Yeah. And most everything in North America is taken under a hundred yards. So you just gotta <laughs> crawl in Sorry. a little bit. <laughs> right on. So you want me to get started? Yeah, tell us about yourself. So um born and raised in Orange County, moved around a couple times. Um out of high school, I was I had no idea. I partied in high school and um realized all my buddies were going to college and I needed to get my shit together. Um my next door neighbor's brother-in-law was working for San Ana Fire at the time. And uh, he introduced me and my neighbor, um, his brother-in-law to the fire service, started taking classes and uh, realized when I finished the fire academy at San Ana College, um, that's when the, the, the bad word came in, affirmative action, right? Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't stop anybody from getting hired. The more you test, the better you're off. So I tested from Seattle out to Utah, to Arizona, uh, all wow. the way down to the Cal border, um, Northern Cal. Yeah. And what, up, those are the days when you had to, if you were a white male, you were, you better be getting at least a perfect score and then have veteran credits and service, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah. agencies, you know, medium-sized agencies were hiring one to three, maybe four candidates. Right. There just wasn't that attrition, that rollover. Um, but I didn't give up. So I got hired 
within 18 months after graduating the, the fire academy with El Monte Fire Department, um, which is now LA County. And El Monte was a four station department and uh, they hired 12 of us for four stations. Wow. So do the math on that. One, in, yeah. one, one house had two engine companies. Every other station was either single engine and then there was a truck company house. Very small department. Oh. That's but more than I thought though. For four in El Monte? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's bigger than our fire department. We had, we had two stations. I mean, they were, yeah. they were both, you know, full stations, but there was only two. Yeah. Um, it, it was amazing that, that I think it survived as long as it, as it did because it was just constant <laughs> agencies surrounding it were being absorbed by LA County and the city council had for decades had dug their heels in and uh, wanted to, that individual self-control of, of the agency. Sure. Well, the fire chief at the time, um, what he presented to city council is he wanted to start a paramedic program. Well, El Monte at the time um, was without a contract for six years and um, no raises for that same time. And then wow. you got, you got, I say 11 or I think 12, and we let one go in training, um, got 12 FNGs coming in. So Initially, so when guys, you came in, it had been six years since anybody had gotten a raise. Yeah, raise and no new contract and no new contract. So you're just working sounds, on the old MOU. Yeah, that sounds awfully familiar from agencies in, in California to date. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not happening where I retired from. Um, very progressive. So, anyways, El Monte's plan was to start paramedic assessment units. Have um, one paramedic on three man engines. They weren't four man engines. So they sent us to paramedic school. Uh, it was also a year and a half probation. Typically you have a year probation, 12 month probation every period. Um, sent us to medic school, graduated medic school, came back, um, finished probation. And then at a three year mark, I, um, Huntington Beach had, so I had, I'm sorry, I had a year as a paramedic once out of school and that was a requirement can i well i guess i already said it i, I retired from Huntington beach but uh yeah, it's up to you or it's up to you I, if you want me to cut it out i'll cut it out no I, i'm cool with it i yeah. you know i still really being retired things. right you're retired yeah. what can what can they do they can't fire you. <laughs> no no but my son uh, i'll get there anyway yes. so um Great department. Anyways, uh, I tested for Huntington Beach. They had a requirement of, of this, that, and such, but you had to have a year on as a, as a full-time paramedic. Saw Huntington Beach tests open up, took that exam, and got hired almost three years to the day after getting hired in El Monte. For me, it was a really good move. So I got hired in 92 in El Monte. Uh, my wife and I, who were dating originally, um, then had our first son, and uh, he was born the same year that I lateraled to Huntington Beach. So starting our family, she's going to law school. Uh, I'll, I guess I can throw in stories uh, quickly, but uh, she was going to law school. We were renting a condo in a local city, um, had an 18-month-old child. I decided to breed my female Rottweiler. And had 14 dogs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All, Your so the, plate was full. Yeah, my bitch developed mastitis. So she couldn't breath, She couldn't nipple feed. So we had to hand feed every every puppy for every four hours. And it took us two hours to mix four. This is before the internet. <laughs> so we're that just, must have been tough on your wife. Oh, I, I was joking. I always got calls <laughs> at the stage that the dogs are going to die. I mean, we had neighbors helping us. It, it, oh, yeah. Wow. So, Again, what are you doing? Why do we want to breed her? Because he'd be really fun. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Have our second son. um, Well, I take that back. I finished probation in in Huntington Beach. And I I worked Huntington. So I worked three years in El Monte. I worked 23 and a half in in Huntington Beach. Had... um, Total three young or three boys, um, really awesome, producing, contributing to society, young men. My wife's an attorney in uh, one of our local cities, um, wow. working for, for a city. 
Um, beautiful, brilliant, <laughs> just a phenomenal woman, man. I'm blessed. I've, I've had a really blessed life to um, work for the agencies that I've had to work or that I've been able to work for and retire from Huntington Beach. Um, so I went off in 2017 to have a knee cleanup. Up to that point, I had had, so that was my ninth knee surgery um, over the course of my life. I had seven on the job, just cleanups. Um, went off 2017 and at the end of 2017 during physical therapy, the knees, both of them started hurting. But did you guys want me to get into this or just cover my, your, it's your, your okay. background, man. You tell us what right. you want. Um, cause Chuck and I have talked about this, right? Um, well, yeah, Chuck has a vested interest in talking about messed up knees. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, find a surgeon. He tells me at 49 years old, these are the worst knees I've ever seen. I want to do both knees on the same day. Scheduled that in April of 2018. Had the surgery. Jesus. Woke, woke up in surgery or woke up from surgery. Wife and nurse are there. Hey, how you doing? I can't feel my fucking left hand. It's dead. I mean, you could have run over it with a fire engine. Oof. And they're like, what? Well, whatever, you know. Well, it didn't go away. <laughs> Turns out that during a three and a half hour surgery on bilateral knees, they didn't move me on the table and they compressed my ulnar nerve. Scar, Um, completely dead. And I was concerned. So now I'm trying to heal from the knees and this isn't going away. And um, I was concerned. Biggest thing for everybody out there, advocate for yourself. You do what you need to do and let them freaking figure the shit out. Yeah, it's not your problem. It's their problem. Exactly. So I thought, had I gone in under my own insurance, because the work comp was taking so long, because it was a work comp related deal, that there might be some fraudulent, you know, accusations or whatever. So I let it go for about five months. um, And it just got worse and worse. And you can't really see on camera, but this hand looked like my, my dad's hands when he was 92 years old. It was so skinny. I don't know if you can see the difference. In it actually yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I a lot. That. A lot. I'm still numb here. So um, I'm dealing with that back to the knees. The right one's not healing like the left. Had the right one healed like the left, I would have been back to light duty at three months and full duty at five. No shit. Um, which I think I would have been the only guy that would have had bilateral knees that I know. Um, and it would have been cool for my guys to say, dude, we had a guy just come back that had double knee replacement. Right. Not in God's plan. Um, ended up having an infection in the right knee. Oh. Oh, nice. <laughs> so in an eight month period, they took out the uh, original, put in a temporary plastic. I had a pick line IV antibiotics, um, mandatory sedentary for six weeks. Had to sit on the couch behind me. Um, and Jamie had to, my, my wife, um, had to administer IV antibiotics. And, um, then when the infection was healed, I, or when, when the infection was gone, I had ulnar nerve transposition. My surgeon who also had that on this arm, but job related, <laughs> mm-hmm. wreck. Sure. um, so had, had, uh, had this done, then they did the final replacement on, on the right knee. So I had three surgeries in eight months and, um, I was dealing with, you know, now I'm having, I, I'm out of my, um, what is it called? 1050 time. Is that right? 4850. Thank you. And how long yeah. have you been on the job at this point? So I retired at 26 and a half years. So mm. with El Monte, I, or with Huntington, it was 23 and a half years. Um, okay. so, so almost 27 years. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, then the, uh, so your 48, 50 time right now. Yeah. 48, 50 time. It, it runs out. The city is fantastic. I mean, our work comp, um, company, I've heard nightmares from other agencies. Chuck, you're probably dealing with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Our people get, get shit done and it's freaking awesome. Um, so they allowed me to use all my vacation and sick to run it out as long as I could to get more time to accrue 
towards my retirement. And I ended up doing a service retirement when everything ran out. It was going to cost me money. Um, right. Had the you know association attorney involved. I was awarded my uh, disability after going to all the funky doctors that. Well, if you would have done, doctors. if you would have done a, a medical pension, you would have had to probably pay back all of the other uh, injuries that you had got awarded for up into that point, so that you could have taken your medical pension. Cause I know that with a lot of other agencies, including mine, <clears throat> if you medically pension off and you've already had a couple of surgeries prior and you've gotten, you know, awards for those, uh, whether it be monetary compensation, they, uh, they make you pay it all back. If it's specific to that. Right. That's a different but I, issue. It's yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I, not, I, not for us. <laughs> really? They get you. Oh yeah. They get you. And I think that's probably in, in contracts and negotiations, right? Probably. You know, which sucks. I've again, I've heard nightmare stories from buddies of mine that work for other agencies. Hey, I, 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 I get you. I had to burn four months of vacation and sick, and then used up all my forty-eight fifty time. And you know, even though I probably could have spent a little bit more time and gotten back, they're like, "No, if you're not back, you're gone." Oh, wow. uh, where's the loyalty there, man? Uh, no, just, there is none. No, there is none. You're just a number, you know? right? And that's um, that. You, you're, you're a brother to your brethren yeah. but to your agency to the right and left you're jaffo just another but, fucking officer <clears throat> honestly so unfortunate fire always gets treated better than law enforcement i mean well hands down i mean in in, yeah. in most respects they get treated like, seen. by the public by the city <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey we got in the wrong line at the academy clearly <laughs> i don't know man I, <laughs> um so yeah, I went through all that, got my disability retirement awarded, and that put me at I, I'm like 0.1 percent below what CalPERS was would award me with a full 30 years. Worked out fine. I'm oh blessed, wow! Right? Yeah. Um, with all no the math idea. that they do, no. Um, and I had some of it paid back to me um, for compensation. Uh, so I, I'm good, man. I. Got a beautiful wife, three young men, uh, ones in finance who I never thought would have get, gotten anything with numbers because in this house, we're all crayon eaters and no one's Marine. We, we crayons too, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like purple. I think they taste better. Uh, hey, I agree with you, man. My worst fear was that my kid was going to come to me and tell me they wanted to be an accountant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to talk to your mom. Yeah. I got nothing for <laughs> yeah. you. I could do this, right? That's what my wife does. And I see it all the time. And I'm like, how the fuck does that make sense? Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I don't get that. Done. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that's that's like my wife, you know, with, with reading and legal stuff. It's just she gets locked in. And we're just built different. Everybody has see, different I could job. have been a lawyer. I could have been a lawyer. That stuff I like reading yeah. and, and arguing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, the numbers. No, so. no. Well, yeah. uh, the floor is yours, man. What is your story? Oh, let's or, see. Or stories. You, you can say whatever you want. Well, let's see. We can talk about um, tough calls, uh, radical calls. Um, talk about. Let's, let's go with what is the, it, it, to, to the first thing that comes to your mind, what is the craziest thing? Because I, I have a special place in my heart for Huntington Beach. Uh, huh? Because I'm as a diehard Los Angeles Kings fan, <laughs> I'm sure you know oh. that all those beaches down there, especially Huntington, mm-hmm. are the stomping grounds for my boys. And they're out there playing beach volleyball during the offseason all the time. And Newport, uh, they're playing pickup hockey or right. roller hockey. Uh-huh. Right. I've seen exactly. it out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah um, i've a got a place yeah it is a great place that that whole what is they call it the south bay um isn't it south, is that what they south bay by the sea or something south bay know. by the sea right yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that um anyway yeah. but uh in that area i'm curious because it's such an eclectic group like you have some really rich people it's very affluent yeah and yeah you know but but also i mean it's still you still get your fair share of <laughs> crazy and you're surrounded by a lot yeah. of shit yeah exactly more, more north. money more problems right we're north more north of the 405 but yeah. um so what, what off the top of your head what is probably the craziest thing you've dealt with 
Oh my gosh. Um, Stupid people. Very well. Well, for for years, and I'll send you guys a video of what changed, but for years we actually had a policy. We never got cats out of the trees. (laughs) And I, (laughs) we get, we get called out one day and I'm working for this captain who shall go unnamed. Who's just dumber than a sack of rocks. And it's a cat in a tree. And he's like, Jason, grab the ladder, go get that cat. And I go, fuck you. I'm not getting a cat. That's a, said, that was a joke, but like legit. Oh no! <laughs> the cat fuck the you! Yeah, fuck you! No. Have you ever seen a skeleton of a cat in a tree, Mike? Nope. No. So I'm not going to get it because that'll kick the shit out of me. And there's yeah, a pol- and you're going to have to go get antibiotics and get so, shots and yeah. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. So what 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 can I cover? Hey, whatever you want. Uh, well. I guess we can start with traumatic shit, maybe. Yeah, sure, sure. Or do you want to start with that, or, or or my family? Go do Whatever traumatic, and then end with something. Well, end with something positive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll go back to the family. Um, so, one call, just a fireman, El Monte, um, Auto V pedestrian, yeah. roll up, and there's a semi truck. It's middle of the day. Concrete's probably 120 degrees or asphalt's 120 degrees. And there's this little Vietnamese lady laying in the crosswalk and the semi, the wheel, the tires about three feet back from her. And he doesn't speak English. This lady's there on the ground with her husband and they're probably 85 years old. Oh, no. So I go into my assessment and I'm looking at her and I'm not processing. Nobody's processed. We only have three guys there. And we had Crip and ambulance, which were the medics before we went to paramedics. Um, They they were en route. And uh, so I, I, I strip her with the shears and I'm looking at her legs and I'm giving a report to my partner. I'm like, I don't know if these are scars. Cause I'm thinking she's from Vietnam probably was there during the war it looks like battle wounds. Well, it turns out it was a tire treads when it, when mm-hmm. it rolled over. Oh. Then I continued to open her up and I popped her guts open. But she was alive and just yeah. doing the ba la ba la ga da. She was on her way out. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. didn't. Oh, I man. guarantee she didn't survive that. Um, I also got blown up in El Monte. <laughs> Not really, but um, we were on a fire on uh, one of the swap meet like old uh, bread trucks have all the crap in there going to the swap me. Well, it catches fire and there I'm on the hose line. I'm on the nozzle advancing on it. And next thing I know, it, everything goes white. Everything goes hot. And it's just a, I can't hear anything. I can't hear the hose line flow, but I, I'm standing there. Well, just ringing I, in your ears. Yeah. just wow. Cause you got no hearing protection. Right. I get yanked back by my collar and I'm being rolled around and squirted with another hose line. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And my partner, big, big dude picks me up. He goes, dude, you just got blown up. So a propane tank that was feeding oh, wow. the, the accessories in that thing at the swap meet bled. Me. It didn't, it didn't just off gas on the pressure relief. It, after we put everything out, it was, fracture but fortunately it was in its container box. it had a uh wow. had a what we call a catastrophic failure absolutely catastrophic <laughs> that's intense <laughs> i was i was actually thinking you were going to say like a magnesium engine block or something and the water hit it or something like that well in high school we used to take magnesium engine blocks that we'd get there were there were scrapped from the volkswagen shops and take them down to the beach and burn them in the bomb yeah. fire yeah. <laughs> right you probably right. did too they burn great. The cops they do. just don't like it. <laughs> or the rangers. <laughs> lots, lots of people don't like it. No, man. From tree um, huggers to fire marshals. Yeah. And then, like, if we're in Laguna, they have all the cliffs, like Elisa Creek Pier, and it would light up all those million-dollar homes with that white magnesium burn light. So, <laughs> anyways, one time we had to – they brought us a shovel, and we had to bury it <laughs> to put it out. Um. Uh, let's see. Well, after, then, yes. <clears throat> Go ahead, Chuck. So after all this, like firefighting, and I'm sure you've seen people get burned and stuff like that, and explosions, and you know, <clears throat> fully involved fires that are just devastating. Did it ever 
because <clears throat> I know I've been set on fire before and pretty bad. Spent a few months or about a month in the Grossman Burn Center, uh, which is top burn center in the, the United States. And <clears throat> I don't like fire. I, I fucking can't stand it. I, I, I really don't care for it. I, it scares the shit out of me. Uh, and yeah. I've been in a couple of fires as, in, as law enforcement, like inside fires. Cause we had a suspect, but it scares the shit out of me. Sure. Did it ever like scare you? Or were you just kind of like, I know the, 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 I know what can happen, but I have a mission. I have a job to do. And I'm going to put that in the back of my head. Kind of like what law enforcement does when you have, you know, an uh, armed suspect. A suspect, you yeah. know, armed suspect suspects inside, or you're, you're searching for one that, you know, is armed, yada, yada. So personally, I know I've never been scared to the point where I wasn't comfortable doing what I needed to do. Um, I process things differently. Everybody does, right? Um, with fire, I think um, I was just was comfortable with it, knowing my, my, my training, my safety gear, my guys in El Monte and Huntington Beach were dialed. El Monte was a drug fire knife gun club. I mean, it, we just rocked for the three years that I was there. Yeah. El Monte is not a, for those of you who don't understand the difference between uh, Huntington beach and El Monte, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally night and day, night and day. Yeah. Night and El Monte day. is the hood and Huntington beach is rich people. El Monte Any, Florida. Pretty much anything <laughs> other than long beach with the word beach in the title is rich people. Yes. hundred um, percent. So again, answering your, your question, Chuck, um, I felt very composed um, with myself and like even with newer guys um, that are still on the job that were my probationary firemen. There were times when, because we have an opportunity that we can turn someone into a training exercise without loss of life or property. We're going to put it out. We're already there, but there were times when we advance in and, and you get a young boot on the hose line and he's just spraying smoke. You don't spray smoke. You know, we, we cool an atmosphere, um, but they're aggressive. They want to get the job done. But, you know, tell them we need to find the seat of the fire, get them in there, see the glow, knock it down. And I just make them sit I'm like, Hey, chill. What, what? We got to go. We got to go. I know. I need you to chill. I want you to close your eyes, mm. take a breath. In between breaths with our BAs on, I want you to think about it. I want you to hear it. Excuse me. I want you to feel it. And I want you to tell me where you think it is. And we're going to move closer because we're going to put this out. So I, I was very composed in those environments um, with fire. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Slow him down. Yeah. Make him be present. Yeah. Take a breath. And, and it, it not react, but act. Yes. Exactly. Appropriately. And <clears throat> same thing we have when we have newer, newer officers or sometimes officers that are <clears throat> maybe not new, but haven't done a lot of clearings and you have to slow them down yes. tremendously so that they don't over penetrate. They're not rushing. They're not, they're not uh, jumping in front of people when they're not ready. They're, they're waiting. You're, you know, fast is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. Slow is fa- slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. yeah and we, we would do that with trainees. Um, because like you'd get a burglary call, right? And as a training officer, you'd know the the boot wouldn't know, but the, the the training officer would know. Oh, we get we get alarm calls there all the time. You know, it's it's nine times out of ten, it's nothing. It could be something, but nine times out of ten, it's nothing. Right. However, we're going to treat it like it could, like we do every time, like it could be something. Yeah. However, because we, I know I'm not sending him into a proverbial or literal burning building i can slow him down yeah and and it's not oh my god where's the bag we gotta we gotta no just take a breath yes. where are your exits where what are what number the corners for me okay yeah. you know tell tell me where you want your people you're in you know so you slow them down and you make them be present because that i'd never thought about that but i would think that there is a level of i guess um, so, I don't want to sound metaphysical or anything, but there is probably a level of of certain centering that being in a fire and having a fire a veteran firefighter who's in control tell you, "Hey, slow down. You're not going to yeah. die. Take a deep breath, and let's just take it by the numbers." And instead yeah. of panicking because you're in a burning building for the first time, yeah, you realize, 
I'm with people. We're not going to die. I can slow down a little bit and be comfortable in what other people would find an untenable, dangerous situation. Yeah. And I, I, and you're absolutely right, Tom. And I, and I think again, us being able to fall back on our level of experience, bringing that to the new guy or, or the, or, or the scene. Um, in addition to what I mentioned, our training, our safety, knowing that my engineer on the pump is dialed. My captain's got communications, got more resources coming. And my job to complete this mission is to put wet stuff on the red stuff. And mm-hmm. we all just, just me knowing that it's a guy to right, guy to left, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm good with you guys here. And this is easy. So let's train them up. Yeah. I mean, we said, but- we said that before on the show. Uh, and I said, this was a, a, a level of success that was passed on to me. And I, I took it as my own, which was how will I gauge if I'm a successful police officer? And my gauge was there were calls or there were traffic stops that I would be on. And I would hear another officer key the radio and say they were en route to back me up. And I knew who the officer was by their call sign and their voice. And my shoulders relaxed a little bit and I felt a little more comfortable moving forward, knowing who was coming to back me up. I get that. And I said, okay, that is the level of success. The level of success I want to reach is the place where when other officers hear me on the radio saying that I'm en route to back them up, they can, they can lower their shoulders and, and, and move forward with a little bit more confidence, knowing that, I'm the guy who coming to back them up instead of going, Oh shit. <laughs> and we all, and we've all experienced those people. Yes, we have someone working in overtime with me. And she's like, fuck, it's going to be mm. a burden, you know, and whatever aspect I, you know, I, I've used the same tactics on, let's say like full arrest where it's both you, you guys and us cops and fire. We manage chaos. We herd cats, right? People call right. us in the worst time of need. And they have been a, they have stopped being able to make a decision. So they need to make have someone make a decision for them to get them from a bad place to a better place. Right. Um, so cardiac arrest. I mean, I when I first got hired in Huntington, I'm a full-fledged certified medic. And I went out with an older crew. And they were kind of like a backup in the station. They were also the hazmat unit. Um, but they were first on scene of a full arrest in just a shitty neighborhood, small house. And walk in and everybody's eyes are big and they're just they're scrambling through mm-hmm. the ambu and the, and, and the OPAs. And, and so I lay my gear out and they're yelling at each other, <laughs> not, not angrily, but trying to communicate. But nobody's communicating. And I whistled as loud as I could. I don't do it with my fingers because sometimes we pick up dog shit, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I whistled and I go, hey, everybody eyes on me. And here's these guys that have had almost 30 years on and they just all look. Because medics are supposed to be the highest medical authority on, on that type of call, you know? Right. Um, and they did. And I said, you start bagging. You get the opioid. So I basically just talking, you know, you start compressions. Mm-hmm. I want to hear you count it. Now everybody just take a breath. And yeah, when you I got set back, their OODA loop. That's, that's it. I've heard you say OODA loop before. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, we got off topic, but I, I love talking about it with you. No, I, I mean, this is the top. The topic is our experiences. And I think that's what yeah. we're talking about. But, you know, there's a level of, you know, the, the, um, when everything goes to shit, watch for the guy standing calmly in the corner, surveying the situation, and then do what he does. Yeah, you know, great that's, perspective. You know what's crazy is that all the stressful things that we've we do and we have done, I am more calm in those stressful environments that normal people would be freaking out in yeah. than I am at home. Yep. Dealing with yeah. normal everyday stuff, which other people are right like, here. I find solace in that. And like, it's just calming. I'm like, no, I find it more stressful than a high stress situation that I know I can handle based yep. on X, Y, and Z. Yep. I know exactly how to attack it. I know exactly how to 
to figure it out and how to fix it or how to make it safer. Yep. And at yeah. home, I'm like, little shit at home out. nuts me fuck. up and stresses me out. Oh, but if Lord, I were to go yeah. out on the street and deal with a, a you know hit and run or a gunshot or you know something, if I were to deal with an emergency situation, it's funny. I've been like that since I was a teenager. I remember going through the Northridge earthquake. Mm-hmm. And my, I was the youngest one in the house. I was, I think, seventeen at the time. And uh, my mother and my sister were both losing their minds, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I said, "Don't go outside." You know, <laughs> at the time we were still, we didn't know the triangle of life. You know, we're still staying in the doorway and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm at seventeen, harang- you know, wrangling them and giving them Regular instructions. Cat. And, and yeah. yeah, but that's just always been my, in when it comes, when the shit hits the fan, when the excrement hits the air conditioner, I have always been able to kind of, my wife says, I worry more about your temper, not when you're yelling, but when you're quiet. Yeah. And I was, I was like, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. When, when yeah. I get mean is when I get really low. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, it's, 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 I get it. Yeah. And Chuck, I, I hear both of you. Um, it's we're so we're linear at work, but not not necessarily. We have training policies, procedures, and we take those, apply them to solving problems and we solve problems and then to come home and try to apply that at home. Oh, it's impossible. Doesn't work. Well, because you uh, you had to leave your to badge degree. at the station or at the <laughs> and I was a fireman, like, right? yeah. But I see if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get to the beginning of the alphabet and get, be able to start again. You know, right. it, 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 it's it, it's so easy, but it doesn't work at home. No, and you can't come home and say if everybody like shuts that. the fuck up and listens to me, it'll be fine. It doesn't <laughs> Just, work. It doesn't I work. did it. Man, I, I I did it for years, and I still do it sometimes. And I I don't I don't label it as PTSD. I don't think I have anything like that. But the stresses of the job definitely play into that us doing some of those things at home, which adds to the stress and chaos, you know. And to have someone at home to be able to pull you aside, talk to you calmly, and Talk you off that ledge is a blessing. Yeah. The, the, the wife, you, you know. Right. Um, but I also believe to this day, I mean, I've got three blessed with the fact that they're healthy, but three very um, successful, healthy thuds doing great things. And I've always said from chaos comes chaos, but there, there still needs to be direction and level set. I believe for, for kids, but just not as hard as we are on the job, you know, they're not getting right. laid and we can't right. fire them. <laughs> right. As you much know? as we want to sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, tell us about them. I, I guess uh, your kids are serving as well in different capacities. What, what's. Uh... Well, we discussed earlier, my oldest uh, has a girlfriend now, I think of about seven years. Um, she was in banking before uh, Jared ever got into that seven and, years. Yeah. What the hell yeah. is he waiting for? Who knows? They Jared, 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 <laughs> give it to him, Tom. Jared. He sounds like the smart one. If she's <laughs> worth it, just do it. Like yeah. quit fucking around. <laughs> like the Nike commercial. If she's it. not worth it. If it's shitter, if Fisher, shitter got the pot, Fisher cut bait. You can use whatever analogy you want, brother. Seven years, unless she's like, no, I don't want to get married. In which case, I, I only have one question: Does she turn into a pizza at midnight? Because damn, yeah, right. I know where that goes. <laughs> What's the poor man's prenup? Uh, I don't know. No, it's the poor man's prenup. Just oh, not yes. ever getting married. Yeah. Right. Um, funny thing is, they just recently bought a house together. In South Orange County. Now, and, you, now Jared, you aren't the, the smart one. And, if you bought a house with someone you're not married to. And they bought a second house up in Bend, Oregon. They're up there right now working on it. Oh, <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing great things, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> Make an honest woman out of her. 
Uh-huh. Thank you, Tom. He'll freaking love that, and his brothers will give him so much shit. <laughs> mm. um, Josh, the middle one, uh, is today. I haven't got a text from him yet. Um, he's taking his eighth-month probationary exam. He got hired wow. with the city of Huntington Beach. Awesome. So, oh, wow. Four more okay. months off of probation, and um, all of them, again, have gifts from God that, that just astound me every single day. Um, Josh is so his mother, but so me. Like, I'll get texts from guys at work, and they'll be like, oh, my God, dude, I have to, I have to stop staring at him because he has the same mannerisms as you. But thank God he doesn't have your brains. He's definitely got James. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was going to be my question: is how is it for him being a legacy, a legacy firefighter? Um, you know, they're hard on him. Yeah, hard but good. fair. Good. I will be good. hard, but fair, right? right. Yeah. Um, but the kid retains so much and learn and learns and is able to put it to work to you know, to apply it to the jobs and from what I've heard. Everybody thus far is very pleased with him. Um, Good. I mean, this is the kid in his junior year in high school that, excuse me, I want to go to, I want to go to you. I want to go to UCSB and his mom, as cold as she can be sometimes, the ice princess, when she gets angry. Yeah, she's a lawyer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Every man freezes in place. And then you have Mm -hmm. a gilded warrior maiden with a battle axe and a polar bear singing Oprah or opera, not Oprah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess you could sing Oprah. Uh, yeah. Um, hmm. Oh my God, where was I going with that? I got no. Lost you were saying that the, he wanted to go to Santa Barbara, and Jamie looks at him and goes, ha, "Your GPA is not high enough." And he goes, "What's a GPA?" Uh, <laughs> well, she this just kid, proved her point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure she did that too. Uh. Right. So um, he got his shit together, went up to community college. Uh, um, Transferred to UCSP, graduated of honors. Again, there you wow. go. From my loins, I'm like, poor kid. I I know it's from mom, but how the hell did that happened? You, you know, he, he well, just really put <clears throat> laid it down. You hear the the saying, "Hard times breed tough men," uh, and tough men easy times good breed times, weak men. Good times create Love weak it. men. Weak men create hard. Same times. shit. But you you look at that, your your wife being hard on him, like, hey, dumb dumb. You're not smart enough. You need to get your shit together. And he gets his shit together yep. and goes, ha, prove you wrong. Yep. Did it. The guys at work, they're being tough, but they're being fair. Yep. That's going to create a, a, a harder and, and more accomplished firefighter because he has to yeah. work for it. I've seen oh, it yeah. at the, on the job time and time again where you have a hard probation and these breed really good cops. Then you have an easy probation where you're like, what is this? And it breeds weak ass officers mm-hmm. who don't have a, a backbone or a spine yeah. and you know, some of them end up okay, but a lot of them just have it so easy. Everything's handed to them that they never had to work for anything really. And, right. and it just breeds complacency. It breeds, so yeah. and complacency. So that's and, a good thing. And, and I, I'll say this about being the, the way it should work, right. For legacies, in my opinion, is the name gets you in the door, but, the shitstorm waiting on the other side of that door will be a lot harder for you than the guy who had a hard time getting through the door in the first place, because you've got something to prove. Cause you're raised by your father and your mother who we've known mm-hmm. to this point, And we know that the level they raised you because your dad lived it and worked it with us and worked mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder. I get it. I get it. No sins of the father, good or bad. Right. Fortunately, right, right. I've, I have good sins at work, you, you know, funny stories. Um, but um, see, Josh, he just has a quality that um, is going to take him places if he wants to go. Um, we'll, we'll talk offline about what, what he's doing, sure. um, but it, he's on such a great track. I'm so stoked for him. Um, and you have three? Three. And then Jordan. So, um, Jared's 27, Josh is 24, and Jordan's 19. Whoops, a baby. Jared, <laughs> Jared, you're 27. You were 20 when you met her. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. So um, turn 30, a bachelor. <laughs> Moving on. Get to it, Tom. 
Uh, sidetrack. I've also made it easy for adults in my house because we we have a pretty big yard, but we only have a 1500 square foot house. Our house is the place where all the kids got, you know, to come play and stuff. But when the boys were little, not with their buddies, uh, they could run naked in the backyard, you, you know, through the sprinklers, eat ribs. We had Rottweilers at the time and it, it was, we had a zip line, had a fork. Eating so ribs it. naked with Rottweilers sounds dangerous. Well, no, never one issue. One of the best <laughs> family dogs you'll ever own, you know? Um, they ended up playing airsoft in Irvine, where we live. Rule right. number one was wear eye protection. I don't care what else you wear. And anything goes over the fence, they're gone. Never right. had one complaint from any neighbor. So they, they, they get it. Um, but I, the sidetrack was made it easy for adults because number one, my requirement for my boys is if I introduce you to somebody, my requirement is you shake their hand, you look them in the eye and you say, it's nice to meet you, sir. Or yep. ma'am. Yep. Because I won't introduce you to a shit bag that I know is a shit bag. I might right. do it unknowingly, but that's what right. you will do because I know that person will take care of you and this family if I'm not around. So if they're worth introducing you to, they're worth your respect. hundred percent. Um, so I made it easy on those that, that they were inter- introducing themselves to. So um, you got Hazel, Burns, and Blue. Jared is Hazel because of his eye color. Josh is Burns. He's got brown eyes and Jordan's blue eyes. It's like, mm. it's like a Labrador litter, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so when you're shaking their hand, if, because we always brought in a tornado of shit and fun when, when we'd show up places. So, oh, here come the Raymonds, right? Oh, you know where the wild things are. You forget their name. All you got to do is look at them, or you can go, "Hey, Hazel," and Jared would turn around. You know. Um, so then Jordan, the youngest, nineteen. He's uh, he's been playing baseball his whole life. All of them played water polo um, up until high school, um, and some through high school. Jordan was a catcher. Um, got screwed with uh, well, one his responsibility and accountability is grades, right? Um, Mm -hmm. he had colleges talking to him, but they would have talked to him more and been more, um, open to, you know, possibly grant scholarships if his grades were good. He knew that. Um, but then COVID came along, backed up that whole pipeline, returning seniors from college. And, um, so he ended up going to a local community college. Well, he had a, uh, that cam impingement on his hip. So basically the femur, it had an extra growth of calcium. So every time he got the squat, it would rub the labrum. Mm. And we'd been watching that for a few years. He had that operated on and the pipeline just got backed up a little bit more and more. So he's taking the same path that Josh is. He's going to, uh, he's transferring to Santa Barbara community college and he wants to either pursue law enforcement or fire. Yeah. Well, you got to get a cop in the family somewhere at this at some point. Come on. I want to be able to buy off list guns from them. Right. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> Did I say that? Oh, yeah. No, no. no. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> Just move out I of the state. Idaho. I know. I know. Move to Idaho. Or, yeah. Hey, your, your, your son's got a house in Bend, Oregon. Just yeah. get some mail there. There you go. That's it. I'll That's pay a utility. That's right. You're like, hey, I'll pay uh, your, uh, your gas bill. Hell, pay his water bill. It's Oregon. Yeah, right? Free water. <laughs> That's right. So oh, Jamie's aunt, aunt and uncle live up um, around Lake Pondere. Okay. That's real right? close. Um, I forget. What, well, if you ever come visit there. Jamie's aunt and uncle, we'll have to. I will let you know. You have to let me know. So go- uh, working in Huntington Beach, you, what would you say you got the most of? Like what? I, I, don't, I, I don't imagine instruction. <laughs> No. I don't imagine structure fires were no. the biggest. It's It's got to be what, medical aids? Medical aids are are, are primary, but I got to tell you, in Huntington, the traffic collisions are gnarly. Really? Because you have basically, we don't have a lot of major thoroughfares. At the north end of the city, coming from south to north, you have the 405, Westminster above right. that. Right. Then you have PCH. And you have a couple majors, but they're not major. The only really major one is Beach Boulevard, which goes all the way up to, to Guadalajara Heights, you know. Uh, but everything else. So imagine people coming home, dealing with traffic all night or on the way home from work. And they just want her to get home to their kids baseball game. They want. To so as soon home. as they get off the freeway, they're 
All an ass. All an ass. And blind corners. And they blind probably all have really, everywhere. really fast, expensive cars. Yeah, well, not everybody. You know what? It's a, it, it, like we said in the beginning, it, it's a mix. Um, it is truly a blue-collar working town. Um, hmm. you, have, you have a wealthier area up in the north end by the harbor. Um, you have some nicer homes that are mixed. All the homes are, are very well kept. Um, there's an area, I remember reading an article, it's off of Beach, like Beach and Nichols, Beach and High, I forget, I forget the cross street, called Queens Calido. And back in the day, if, when, before we were born, like the 50s, Huntington Beach was a huge farming community. So you had a lot of Bracera workers and migrants coming into town. And I believe the article that I read that that one square mile of Huntington Beach, I think it was maybe a half a mile, had the highest Hispanic population density in the state of California in that mm. one area. In Huntington Beach. Crazy. Like great people. I tell you what, we never went on calls there because they handled their shit. Well, <laughs> they don't the tight call communities often bad. do that. Right. So what about your traffic? Were they injury traffic collisions? Were they? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah gnarly um, i mean aside from the vietnamese lady getting run over that was Elmani, right <laughs> that was Elmani. yeah um the worst the, the most fucked up person i've ever been on was actually on pch at 21st street and it was on a weekend beautiful summer day there was a couple crossing from the beach side to the inland side and you have two lanes at that point going southbound and they were crossing those well her boyfriend, so you had, you had staggered cars. If you're on the beach side, you had a vehicle here and a vehicle here traveling. Well, she darts out behind this lead vehicle in the number two lane and isn't looking at this car coming in the number one lane against a curb. And it's a so the, 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 the back, the rear car is in the number one lane. And so she doesn't see, she probably was looking and the car was probably in the number two lane cars blind spot. So when she stepped out behind it. Just, yeah. And uh, turned out to be a, a long beach fireman that was still on the job close to retirement driving like a, a 76 Chevy. Um, Ooh, that's a steel vehicle. Right. And uh, he was so rattled. I ended up, he came by the station a couple of times afterwards just to kind of decompress and wanted to find out about her. But he said he's driving along and the brakes on those aren't very good, right? <laughs> so she darts out behind the it was it was a van that her boyfriend went out in front of um in number two, and she thought she was gonna be able to go after he left, like you said. Gets there, deer in the headlights, freezes, and oh, Gary hits her full speed. Oof. And basically goes up on the hood. And they get sucked under both axles as he's oh. braking. So I have a truck company that's first on scene. They were in the area. And I, I was I was a patient man that day. We have patient radio man. One communicates to the hospital and then one transports the patient. And um, the truck firemen were just rattled. And they've been on the job for a while. And he was wrapped up in front of the rear axle, completely under the truck. And about six inches in was her head. And uh, my buddy looks at me and he goes, I don't know. So what do we do, right? If you have an unconscious patient in the back of an ambulance or on scene that still is viable, you got to be careful what you say. Right. Because they're still alive. They they're yeah. still can be conscious. Right. And, and they I can re- hear you. Right. I didn't know if she could or not. Didn't right. know the extent of her injuries. But um, I just raised the octave in my voice, got down on the ground, called for a couple pieces of equipment. I started talking to her and one eye was out of the socket. Oh shit. Her other eye was intact, but I could see she was tracking and I talked to her and I said, I'm, you know, introduce myself, developing that, that, that comfort level, right? Mm-hmm. Patients in their worst place ever. And my whole goal is to take them from the worst place in their life to a better place. And um, I talked to her and I said, I know you can't talk. Blank if you can hear me. And she blinked. And so that's, you know, we ended up calling in Life Flight um, uh, airbag lifting the truck up because she was so wrapped up in the axle. 
And my captain actually let me fly with her and flew her to UCI Medical Center, which is a level one trauma center here in Orange County. Um, basically, every bone was broken in her body. Yeah, every major into a bone. rubber chicken. She had um, flailed chest on both sides. Face was complete mush. Lost Explain to the audience, because maybe there's going to be a bunch of dumb cops who don't know what a flailed chest is. So three or more bo- three or more rib bones broken. Um, <laughs> you're catching me on this because I'm fucking retired and I have a drink in my hand. Basically, it's it, it's three three or more rib bones broken. We're uh, not going to hold you to technical details, but it's basically a crushed chest cavity, right? Basically, yes. And then yeah. you're then you're de- dealing with a tension pneumor or hemothorax, which is either air in the lungs or blood in the lungs, or the pleural sac, which is compressing the lungs so she can't breathe. Right. Neither one of those are good. No. Had to double, uh, double sticker in route in, on life flight um, for uh, pleural decompression, sticking needles in the chest to relieve the blood and or air. Um, so moving forward, I get a call from a doctor because UCI is it's University of California, Irvine. Right. It, it, and it's a medical facility where they train also. And um, she said, hey, we want to invite you if you're able to come, you and your engine company who was there on the call. Uh, we've done a case study on this patient. And I go, so she survived. And she goes, oh, yeah, she's still in ICU. Wow. Right? Holy shit. Wow. Every, every major bone broken in her body. And it, I just, like you said, a, a ball of mush. Um, so it was really cool because that's – it's just a different environment, I think, being, coming from where I came from to the agency that I'm in and the county that I'm in. Um, I don't want to say it's less or more professional. Um, it's just more, I feel it's more intimate because we're so much more condensed and there's our local trauma centers. So they invite us to do stuff like that. And, um, and they called us in and had me come up and present, a, present to all the doctors you know, the lead trauma surgeons and stuff. And so they were uh, doing really a presentation cool. and, and you had us. to come and, and speak as far as the first response, what you saw getting yes. her there. It, it makes sense. Cause the doctors saw her once you brought her in, they weren't there on scene. They couldn't speak to how bad she was. They couldn't uh-huh. speak to, you know, seeing these injuries firsthand and assessing whether or not she could yeah. wink at you and hear you. And so that's pretty cool that they did that. It's it also awesome. cool because so many times we've talked about on the show, you don't get follow-up. You don't get how, to hear. No. <clears throat> we don't. What happened? How did it, how did it feel to come full circle on that? Um, fantastic. You know, I mean, I guess that's, that's why I've retained that. You know, I, I, when I tell the story, I'm re- I'm reliving it almost. Right. Um, right. It was a sentinel event for me because the outcome was a great outcome. Um, it turned out she, you know, obviously she had some, um, you know, he- you know, head trauma issues and, um, but, uh, and she was real crabby. What, who, who wouldn't be after that right. shit happens? Yeah. Right. I mean, but, she got literally run. How do you feel? Like I've been run over by a truck, <laughs> right? And sucked under the axles. Right. Um, but Chuck, <laughs> it, it 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 was uh, really satisfying. Um, we don't look for recognition. We just look right. for contribution to completing the mission, whatever whatever it is we do at work or at home. As long as that mission gets done, and they brought us in, and I had doctors asking me questions, uh, which are like lead trauma surgeons and, and specialists and stuff. And it wasn't a pat on my back. It was a pat on my agency's back because we came together and we did such a good job that they wanted us to come back and give our feedback. Wow. But I mean, cool. if you think about it, like really if cool. you're a, if you're a combat medic, right. And you get somebody to a, a, a mass unit or whatever they call it now, or you get somebody to the hospital, you get them patched up enough to where somebody who should have died ends up getting to the hospital where the doctors then do a case study on how that person survived their injuries. I can only imagine that those doctors would want to talk to you as a medic and be like, so how how did you do that? How did you get them here? What did you do? I'm, I'm curious because that informs so much of, you know, the story. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty cool. Well, Jason, that's, 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 great that you got that kind of follow-up um as you know we like to 
dedicate each episode to somebody. And uh, Chuck tells me that you have somebody you would like to dedicate your episode to. Yeah, guys. Um, so my nephews in the Naval Special War- Warfare teams, and um, I don't know the individual that, that uh, was killed. But um, just the other day, there was a, an accident coming back from, uh, from Camp Billy Ma- uh, Machen or Mackin in Nyland. Uh, which is northeast of San, uh, San Diego. Uh, yeah, northeast of San Diego. So I'd like to dedicate this because this is hard on the community. Just want to let them know that. Uh, is this the traffic we, accident? Yeah, that, that we're all here. We read it, but we're all here for them, you know, and thinking about them. We pray every night at our table for law enforcement, for fire, for those protecting our freedoms um, every night at our dinner table. And, uh, so this one goes out to Naval Special Warfare Electronics Technician, second class, John Del Toro. He's 29 years old. He was killed yeah. in an auto accident while driving from training at Camp Billy Machin in Nyland, California. Four and I'm, looking, injured, I'm in- looking at the picture right now of the car. Yeah. It's terrible. Two, two in critical and two in stable condition at, at this point from what I've, from what I've read. Um, my nephew's deployed right now, and I, I threw it out to him. Uh, he's been able to communicate with me via a, a different um, communication source. And uh, a lot of these guys don't know each other, yeah. whether you're on one team or the other. You could have gone through buds with them, you, you know? Yeah. And um, just want to let them know that there's people thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. uh, I, I will, de- to uh, Jason, to your nephew, if you're listening to this episode, we're uh our hearts are with you too. Cause you know, it's, it's never easy to lose a brother, especially when you're, you, you know, personally, it's, it's one thing to have somebody from your agency die that you don't know. It's another thing to have somebody from your agency or from your branch of the service die that you did know. So uh, we're, we're thinking about you and you'll be in our prayers as, as well as the family of uh, sailor del Toro rest easy brother. We got it from here. We appreciate you coming on, Jason. Been an honor, you guys. Come on again. I'm excited. I know we didn't even get to like half your stories. I know you got a list in front of you. I got a story about this. <laughs> uh, see, I'm all about it. I'm that's a fuck it. around. That's a fuck around to find out. Oh yes. <laughs> maybe yeah, I, Jason come on and tell his fuck around and find out story on the locker room. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Hey man, you guys got me through. So real quick, um, I had after my knees, I had my right or my left hip replaced because I was catawampus with my knees and then January 4th I have my right hip replaced so I'm all metal from the waist down so you guys helped me get through some sedentary times and made me freaking laugh and and cry and it really it really enjoyed I preach Chuck I really appreciate you reaching out to me and you know and uh, I hope you guys stay in touch yeah absolutely yes, you. you're welcome to come on at any time and yeah. then when you come up to visit Ponderay, we'll go fishing in fact my old uh my go old narcotics partner mm-hmm. he uh he has a boat on uh uh priest lake which is supposed to be it's smaller than Ponderay, but it's a lot yeah. more because Ponderay has got the navy you know how deep Ponderay is right no i don't okay. know anything about it okay so lake Ponderay, i was out this is a little Side note for nobody cares that's listening. You can turn it off now at this point. But uh, my first time at Lake Ponderay, which is just north of where I'm at, it's about 30 minutes north. Uh, I'm on my wife's grandfather's boat and we're, it's beautiful, bald eagles and just crystal yeah. clear water. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going and he's got a fish finder on his boat and we're pulling the tube in the back and, you know, we're headed out towards the middle of the lake and it's like, uh, you know, 200 feet. 300 feet, 400 feet, 500 feet. What the hell? <laughs> and then the screen went black. And I said, what happened to your fish finder? And he goes, oh, it can't see past 600 feet. And I said, wait a minute. This lake is deeper than 600 feet. And he goes, this lake is 1,200 feet deep. Holy crap. It turns out that the little submarines, the Navy has a substation on Lake Ponderé to test sonar equipment. Holy crap. Yeah. In, in the middle of freaking landlocked. Naval base Idaho. in landlocked Idaho panhandle, man. The Navy has a little, <laughs> little special development technology. Like, like you could get a job as a cop on a Navy base in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's freaking go for a ride, man. Let's Hook do it. it up. Let's do it. I want to come hunt with you, too. 
let's do, hey you could show me how <laughs> i would love to my my boys have had their hunting licenses all of them since they reached six years old well i'm gonna tell you in idaho uh it's not like california i got up here and i found out there's obviously elk season deer yeah. season it's on my bucket list uh, moose bear wolf cougar like you can if it if it if it bleeds we can kill it <laughs> i want the edibles and yes. moose, moose and elk are on my yeah, on my for sure. List. We I, we had a moose in our front yard last winter. I'm sure wow. she'll come back. So. <laughs> That's so great, Tom. Well, hey, all right, Chuck, take us out. All right, hey guys, thank you all for listening today. If you like today's podcast, please go follow us on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us, please share our post and our info. You can go uh, also go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook. To reach all of our socials, our media, and our website, our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms, as well as on our YouTube. If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Grab some gear. Still have some uh, some gear left. And we'll be hoodies, shirts, patches, and stickers. We will be doing some uh, summer gear. If you want to be f- <clears throat> if you want to be featured on our show, and think uh, and think you have a story as cool as, cool as Jason, <clears throat> and want to share. Yeah. And please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com and send me your stories and I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement, corrections, dispatchers, fire, medics, and veterans. If you have a friend or who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Again, thank you for the support and stay safe. Um, we're also going to be uh, doing some hats um, here coming up. So, Because those of you who said you didn't like the flex fits and you like the trucker, the snapbacks... It's snapback time. Yeah, no trucker, just snapback. Because uh, those are the uh, those are those are wonky a little bit. Snapbacks. But we're going to be doing some snapbacks. They're a lot better. They they fit really well. They're made out of uh, uh, almost like a, this canvas cotton material, or it, it like feels, a twill. It, it feels really good. Yeah, yeah it feels so. really really nice in the hands, and it wears really well. And look for um, that. We'll look for that design for the tank top. Debuting yes. soon. Yeah, I was going to post it last monday but some things got away from me this week yeah um, that's why we didn't even have so. locker room this week we did greatest hits so exactly so all right stay tuned for well, that until our next episode come home with your shield or on it <laughs>